joining us today on the Everyman Podcast. Returning guest, you know him from Periphery and Haunted Shores. Ladies and gentlemen, Mark Holcomb. Mark, what's up, my brother? guys good to see you again good to see you man good to see you and loving it you know it's not it's not a any old episode of the everyman podcast this is our first ever nfl championship series playoff spectacular and and it's 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 fitted the ultimate bears fan you know one one of our guests here that's been we know is a passionate fan and, and we wanted to say you know what let's catch up and let's talk some football um, so let's catch up, man. What have you been up to in these uh, uncircumcised times here of uh, 2020 into 2021? I mean, much like last time we spoke over the summer, I've been I've been home. You know, I work from home. Uh, I work on the band. I work on writing. I work on um, all things regarding my music career from home. So I, I'm I'm quite blessed to be able to to do that. Uh, I, I can't say I, I've been without my moments of going a little stir crazy, but that's yeah. That, that like when sports went away, when Rudy Gobert infected the entire NBA, with, uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, you know, it was unprecedented because everything got canceled. It seemed like the NBA NBA got canceled, and then mm-hmm. flights started getting canceled. It was this weird like domino effect that, from yeah. a sports fan's perspective, seems like it started with the Utah Jazz. Right, <laughs> right. And uh, and then everything got canceled, and then when sports went away. I was like, this is the first time in my life. Like I have no distractions. Like I got to sit here with my own thoughts. Like, I, yeah. I got to, I got to like just get through life without sports. So when everything came back, when the bubble came back, when baseball came back, when hockey playoffs came back, and then, you know, when thank God the NFL came back, it was like, okay, let's get back to re- to real life. So yeah, there's an interesting season, lots of storylines going on. And I've been quite clued in to sports this year because of the, of of the rough nature of of the world and society, and I want to go back to sports. Do you guys feel that way? Oh yeah. Like when when shit's so ugly, you kind of want to go back to sports. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like you want to go back to fo- sports. But you know, one thing you, you hit you hit there is just saying like how blessed you are. Even given these uncircumcised times, as we always say, brother Jay. I think the one thing I wanted to get back to, and I think we've done that even like the year of the Everyman that we had, and having you blessing us with your presence to be on. But just getting with your bros, man. Like me and brother Jay, just like kind of rocking it and just staying like super, as Tom Brady would say, laser focused on things. I mean, I think you know from from that perspective. It was perspective. It was the it was us kind of bonding and just getting closer and getting tighter. And then with, with like now you're not a guest, Mark. Now you're like our bro. So like you're in a cosmic canoe with us. Just, you're rolling downstream and we're doing this thing. And so you know, got closer to sports wholeheartedly, but got close to my bro, which was awesome. Very true. Awesome. Very true. That's good to hear, man. It is. It is good to have that kind of escape. And I found at first, like as you can see by my. Ray Mysterio mask and my Mick Foley autograph photo behind me. I'm a big pro wrestling fan, and I find myself not enjoying pro wrestling as much when there's no fans. It feels like it doesn't. <laughs> this is hilarious. It feels like it doesn't matter, you know. And then and sports kind of like I'm having a hard time watching the NBA right now. I'm trying to ease myself back into it, pay attention to it. You know, it just feels weird watching a game where there's like no defense sometimes and. There's no fans. It's like, oh, we're just – it just feels like an exhibition. It's just – it's weird. So, like, with the NFL, like, at least they've been trying to have fans where they can. And, you know, and, and some – I think some sports are trying to do that in different areas. So, I definitely enjoy it. And I think the NFL has done the best job presenting it in a way that feels 
seamless for the most part. Yeah. 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 I, I, I would say, I would say uh, that I agree wholeheartedly. Part, part of it too is like, I feel like it's, it, it boils down to the TV camera angles. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you're watching yeah. you know, like a Lakers game, like you see pretty evidently there are no fans or, or when you put on a baseball game, there's nobody behind a home plate, but with football, the way it's laid out on TV, you don't really see the empty arena and they've got yeah. the, the noise piped in yeah. and there's something about yep. watching, you know, Monday night football or Sunday night football where you hear these like iconic voices behind the mic where you kind of just forget that there's a 25% capacity or however much, you know, right. fans are, are allowed into the arenas. And I'd, I'd like to see the other leagues kind of, experiment a little bit more like some they were focused like all the other sports are focused on like putting shit in the seats literally you know yeah and like that's funny and cute for like a meme or whatever but when you're actually if you want actually people to sit there and invest four hours on a sunday or like you know whatever day of the week you got to experiment and like i I was texting daryl about it the other day like the uh the new angles they're doing with those handheld like 8k cameras after touchdowns, after touchdowns, oh, you know what I'm yeah. talking about? It's yeah. incredible, and it and it makes you feel it makes them feel larger than life in a way that it didn't before because you're seeing the scale of these people because it's a, a normal sized human with a camera, right? At that resolution and just the way that it's I don't know what the difference is, but uh, it's awesome. And there's a lot of cool new, you know, technology. I mean, just look at how. Pretty soon, Zoom is there's you're going to be able to patch uh, like a, wor- a whole workflow through Zoom natively for Zoom Pro. I was reading like make people in the same Pro Tools session through Zoom, you know, and it's only gonna that that whole like technology is just affecting everything right now because of necessity. So that is the one other positive besides getting closer with the bros. Yeah, those uh, those those eight K like low level like you know shots. The I think Fox has this the slash camera angle where it's like top end zone, but it's like canted looking down on the quarterbacks yeah. as they're coming into the end zone. That's pretty cool. And then even when uh, the the last playoff game with uh, the Ravens and Buffalo, the interception, the Johnson interception, they actually went into the sky cam and followed him. And you very rarely do you see that spider follow a guy. Well, it just you know has to I mean? like so, happen the right chain of events. Oh yeah, like the, yeah. It was it was really cool, really cool. So that that, that but that's all with the things you guys are bringing up. Like that's that's just proof that in order to bring the excitement back to sports, like you can't synthesize. You can't just put like facades of people, like what baseball did. You know, right? Where they where they left the cardboard cutouts like for the whole season in the uh, in the stands. And yeah, it got to be a little creepy and really easy to make fun of if if you're on Twitter or, or whatever. It's like it's it's really kind of just like disarming and weird. But uh, adding elements like that, like that, that that crazy 8K stuff and, mm-hmm. and just bringing the assignment back. And I think football has the blessing this year of having these crazy good storylines. And I think the NBA, although I know you're having trouble watching it right now, Justin, I think the NBA is going to come around because it has this overabundance of awesome storylines, you know, especially with James Harden now. Right. Being and there's, now yeah. they've spread the talent out pretty well, I feel like. And there's a little bit more parity in the league. You know, then the I, I kind of completely stopped paying attention. And the other day, I texted my boys. I was like, "Guys, when did Golden State 
when did they become like not good? And they're like, oh yeah, because I was like, oh okay, like that's the last. Like I had no idea all this shit has happened, you know, and and the, why they're not as good as they were. Like I just figured they they were still blowing people out all the time. But uh, yeah, well now you have the Lakers who are Golden State level uh, prohibitive favorites, but mm-hmm. that's a whole other thing. Like unless injury happens, they're going to be in the Western Conference Finals. The East is a crapshoot, but. Uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. Like, I, I don't know. I, I just think those two leagues have it down in terms of how they present. They're definitely, yeah, they're definitely yeah, the, top, the top two. Yeah. So before we dive fully into uh, football mode here, so you're you're working on music. Is there anything new you've got coming out soon or any, you know, any cool stuff that, that people should be keeping an eye out for? Uh, the Haunted Shores record. The Haunted Shores is, you know, my my sort of thrashy, heavy, crazy side Love project. It. That 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 record's about half done. Mm. Uh, I recorded and uh, I recorded about half of it with Misha uh, a couple months ago, and and I've written a large chunk of the rest of it. It's just a matter of us, you know, braving braving these uh, coronavirus times and getting yeah. together and doing it. So uh, so yeah, with Periphery, we're supposed to get together and write as a band in the next uh, month and a half, two months. So, uh, cool. so there's stuff coming up, nothing too imminently, nothing happening tomorrow morning or anything. But uh, there, we're always moving forward. So that's good. So yeah, that's good yeah, to hear. Later man. in the year, probably. Awesome. And you know, before I forget, right after you were on the show, we had Matt Halpern on the show, and he was uh, a gentleman and blessed me personally uh, with uh, some GGD love and. Uh, you know, I know you guys are all into your plugins and such. And I'll tell you what, I'm I'm new to the, I'm an old school kind of drummer somehow. And I never really got into the whole drum programming and anything like that before. And uh, it's awesome. And uh, we've been, me and my buddies have been, you know, the music you guys hear in the intros and stuff. We've been working on some new stuff with that. So uh, it's kind of all cosmically intertwined, but it's it's cool to be using, you know, I get the hype now. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I hope you keep using it. Man. That's what I use at home, too, of course. But I genuinely believe, even if those guys weren't my bandmates, even if they were just some random dudes who I don't even know, <laughs> I would still use it because it is the best drum software on the planet. So if you're a guy who wants to program drums at home listening or watching this, go get it. GGD. Get good drums. That's and right. I have no stake in the company whatsoever. I'm just saying that they're awesome products. Exactly. That's, you know... There you go. Stamp of endorsement. So, that being said, my friend, let's do a little Everyman NFL Championship game spectacular. So, let's start with the NFC. What's going on? You know, you're wearing your Bears shirt. We, we got to, before we even get there, we got to talk about the Bears. Uh. So, I mean, they, I have a, I have a, I'm, I'm from the Philadelphia area. I'm not an Eagles fan. I'm a Steelers fan. Diehard Steelers fan. However, I love Nick Foles. It's been my opinion that they should have kept Nick Foles. I will die on that hill. Nick Foles kind of came in to the Bears, gave him a little juice, made, helped them realize they could win with the pieces they had there, I think, some of the players, gave him a little confidence. Then they kind of had a nice little run there, but it didn't work out the way we wanted it to. So how are you feeling about the Bears, boys? It's, it's it's the question is so loaded, brother Jay. Like, this, there's just so many. First off, like for me, I'm just, I'm just gonna stay more recent because like my 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 mind can't process getting thrashed by Green Bay like 35-16 and then opening up in the wild card round and getting torched by the Saints twenty one nine. Right. So like, 
I want to start there because that's where all the craziness goes on in my head. And, and then like you find out, Oh, you know what? McCaskey's going to hang on to Nagy. And I'm like, dude, are you kidding me? Like what if it was, listen, you know, this Mark, if it was, if it was any other year, as, as bad as 2020 was with, you know, coronavirus. And then like, we had this run, we had this awesome run where I thought like, dude, we might be getting back closer to 85. This might happen. And then it was just like this, this pinnacle. And then, Boom. And then like, all right, we got a shot because we, 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 we fell into the playoffs. Anything can happen and everything wrong happened. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. How are you feeling? Yeah. I, I feel like the pinnacle was that wild card game against the Eagles. Uh, that, that was when I had that feeling, you know, like, sure. Mitch Trubisky at the time was this was this unknown, you know. But but I think that was his Pro Bowl year, right? Like somehow he made the Pro Bowl, mm-hmm. and and there was this feeling like, okay, he's the weak link. But damn, they dominated some good teams that year. You know, they 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 beat the Rams. They 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 beat the Seahawks badly earlier and earlier in the season. The Seahawks weren't great that year, but they won some really impressive games. They beat mm-hmm. the Packers. Uh, the second time in that season, they lost a heartbreaker in that, that first week mm-hmm. in, uh, in, uh, in uh, 2018. But uh, that team seemed blessed and destined for something, you know? Yeah. And that's why when, you know, when uh, Cody Parkey missed that, uh, missed that field goal at the end, oh. it was like, okay, like that, that was about as heartbreaking of a loss as it gets in, in, in football. But at the same time, it was like, all right, this team's going to come back. Trubisky's going to develop. Right. And we're going to have a fair shot at this. Like you had Akeem Hicks and Khalil Mack and Eddie Jackson and all those guys. And, and, uh, and last year was, was, uh, was a colossal disappointment. So when, when Foles and Trubisky had their, uh, you know, competition in, in, in training camp, it was like, all right, I think this will be healthy for him, you know, for, for Mitch. And uh, truth be told, I, I kind of do, I kind of do think that he was yanked a little early this season, Trubisky. Like when he got yanked against the Falcons in week three, was that, was yeah. that week three? I, I think it was. I think it was. Yeah. He had a really bad first half against the Falcons and Nagy yanked him. And I thought to myself, I was like, this could either destroy the guy or it could pick him up in a way to where, you know, he, he sees the, the, the absolute low of being a highly touted draft pick is to be benched. I imagine and uh, I was excited for Foles, but man, and, and Justin, you, you say that you, you think it was a bad move to uh, to pull Foles. Some of the football I saw with Nick Foles uh, under center was, was some of the worst, like most unwatchable. Like the, they had a game against Indianapolis earlier this year that was like, it was just depressing. I hadn't seen yeah. the play a game like that. I was saying years, that right? Philly, yeah. I think there's a magic that occurs with Nick Foles in Philadelphia. I think he has a, that gunslinger DNA, and sometimes he can come in and just light it up, but you never know what you're going to get over the course of eight, nine, ten games, except in Philly, where he can just seemingly, he's like a commando. See, I think he's a little bit better than like, you know, Fitzpatrick in a way, because Fitzpatrick is like the the consummate backup that comes off the bench and then like, you know, gives you five or six awesome games. And he's at the, you know, he's at the press conference, got a sailor chest hairs out in the gold chain. And he's just, he's feeling it. But then he, he becomes Fitzpatrick again and you put him back on the bench. I think he's a little bit better than that. Um, when he's anywhere else but the Eagles. So I just feel like, just like you, Man. brother, Jay, when he's with, 
the Eagles, like that system, the players, the respect, and just something magical happens. But like for us, I'm not going to say that. I like Mitch, by the way. I think Mitch is, I think he's got something. See, my, my thing with Mitchell Trubisky was like, I'm, I'm, um, I'm a huge profile. Like my, my, my job, like when I started NFL films, that's what I did with, with the NFL matchup. We profile guys like for production. We profile guys for breakdowns. Like I got, I got Ron Jaworski. I got Merrill Hodge. I got, you know, um, I'm surrounded by guys to do this for a living. And then I played it. So it's like, you know, when I'm looking at skill sets and I'm thinking, okay, like how's this guy going to literally get like, uh, one year of starting in college and then be a first round draft pick and go lead a franchise. Like to me, like I didn't understand that, but then, I, you know, when you're in those, those, um, those draft meetings and you're, 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 you're on the clock and it's like, Hey, who's the guy you want to go with? You pull that trigger. You have to live and die by that trigger. So like, I get it. I understand it. But for me, like his body of work didn't necessitate a first round grade. And I wasn't the only one with that. So for, for him to have these kind of ups and downs and getting pulled and then, you know, like, you know, you try to like get him galvanized with competition with older guys and, you know, you know, people like Nick Foles, it, it's understandable. But like, for me, I think like for this particular system, not so much. He's, he's not, my, I think there's, there's somebody else out there that can lead the bears to get us closer to, to those years of uh, the golden years of, of uh, Chicago football. So I, I agree. And, and I also, I also do want to say though, that I see a lot of, sentiment like oh you know it's all mitch's fault it's oh like, no mitch, yeah it's, mitch got yeah, it here like he's the worst like he they treat yeah. him they treat him as if he's freaking ryan leaf you know right uh, but i mean i don't know I, I have my qualms with the with some of the play calling especially down the stretch so there was some oh, stuff there was some stuff yeah. in that wild card game where i was like just like in disbelief i was like like there was this there was this play right before halftime or this drive right before halftime the bears had the ball in their own territory with i think a minute 45 or something like that on the clock and they were down seven to three, which felt like 20 to three somehow, <laughs> but they were down seven to three, had the ball in their own territory, 145 on the clock, and they run three running plays, four and out. Mm. Like, basically, it's, it's, it's not even trying. Yeah, yeah, it's as if there was 20 seconds left and they just took it, yeah. you know? Uh, and there was stuff like that. It's just like, Mitch has proven himself to be better than this. He threw a dime. So who was it? Javon Wims that had let the ball bounce off of his hands in the end zone? Like threw yeah. a dime from like 50 something yards away. Yeah. Um, he can, he can definitely play. I think it's just maybe well, not the right fit for him. Make no mistake. I like, I'm not one of, you know, the, um, the Fairweather fans that say, Hey, listen, it's all Mitch's fault. And like, you know, down with him and then the bears are going to get back to glory. I'm going to say that, you know, if he's going to get a first round grade, you know, you have to you have to know what he is and know what he isn't. All right. So like is like is he, you know, is he a, a, a solid player? Without question, he's solid. He's got some tangibles, right? Um, but is like is he the answer, like the leader, the the one that's gonna bring us back to like that eighty five glory? Uh uh-uh. uh. No, that's not that's not what he is. Um and he's there are there are he does have uh, some elements surrounding him that can help, you know what I mean? But it's not just him. You you hit it right on the head. There's some there's some play calling there that's going on. There's a lot of that, you know what I mean? Because there's a difference between playing to win and then playing not to lose. You know what I mean? Like it's just you gotta you gotta figure that out. You know what I mean? And notoriously and historically, when it when it comes to Chicago Bear football, that isn't '85, that isn't the glory years. We kind of get that lull into it, and then we're just like, okay, 
that the play calling suffers. Then there's the, the, uh, the, the player personnel moves with pulling guys a little bit too early and then bringing them back a little too soon, stuff like that. Yeah. That needs to be more consistently, uh, more consistent across the board for, for high level play. Because look, I'm going to be honest with you. If you're, if you're, a, if you're an NFL player, if you're an NFL player and you have somebody essentially toying with your emotions and your playing career while you're in the, in the heat of the battle, come on, man. It's just, it's just not good. It's, it's not, it's not good on field play. It's not good locker room, you know, uh, cause that's how things get started. And then, you know, it's, it's just like, it's just like, uh, like Brian Urlacher, like, you know, he had the back injury, right. And then like, Oh, they pulled him. He gets healthy and then he comes back and he's feeling a little bit good. But then it's like, you know what, even though he's not true to form as what he was during his prime, like there's a, there are a lot of other tangible things that he brings to the team to keep that unit together. But then like, you know, he wants to come back for that last year. And it's like, you know, again, this has already been talked about, you, you know, you want to offer him like $1 million or less than like his baseline, how do you think he's going to take that as a Hall of Famer? Like, come on, let's just be honest. And what is the and, and the thing about that is, what what message are you sending as an organization to everybody, all the other thirty something teams when you do that to Brian Erlacher? His career is over once you do that. Yeah, absolutely and that, over. And that that affects subsequently who wants to play for your franchise, which would explain why we have so many collective swings and misses over the years on landing a guy who could be a game changer. I mean, let's not get into off season. Like I want them to trade for Deshaun Watson really badly, but who doesn't, but uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I do worry about these kinds of things. Like who would want to come play in a cold weather town for a team who doesn't have the cleanest track record, you know, like who, who doesn't have this history of taking care of their players and you take it a, take a look at a situation with uh, Allen Robinson where mm-hmm. the, the guy is a world-class number one receiver and he is publicly unhappy with the franchise and oh. what incentive would he have to want to come back and and other players I, I I would assume they take a look at that and be like well what's what's my what's my incentive for wanting to come play for a team like that you know so I the only one I can think of is having a world-class defense you know, and and if they got, even dude, even Ryan Fitzpatrick, I, I thought about this before. Like, oh, he's great, man. Yeah, even even, yeah. even a little a good time. Fitzmagic on the Bears would 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 be welcome. You know, seeing oh yeah, like who could who could give you the four be, be, four most be. unforgettable games of your life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Be a good run absolutely alone. I love him. Well, Bears, you know they they're. It's a, it's a, uh, it's one of those things. It's a love hate, I guess. You know, you get, it's, it's, it pushes and it pulls, but uh, I think they've got a good shot at getting it together. They always seem to, at least they're making attempts. You know, they got Khalil Mack. They made made some big moves, so there's hope. I it's love, not like I it's Jacksonville. I love my team unconditionally, no yeah. matter what. Like no matter what. what, being a sports team is all about. Like I'm not gonna go like the Lakers because LeBron's there. I'm not gonna go like Tampa Bay because Tom Brady's there. Like I follow my team. Like they, like I remember at several points during the season when they lost to Detroit. Right when the Bears lost on that last play uh, to Detroit, I, I was like, well, you know, at least they'll get a high draft pick. And then they started winning and they made the playoffs. So now they're not going to get that high draft pick anymore. But either way, it's like, I, I got to stick by my team. It's you painful. Yep. Yeah. But, you know, look at the Cleveland Browns. There they oh, are. Oh, man. Yeah. Same, same old Browns, right? Look at my Steelers. <laughs> same old Browns. <laughs> same yeah. old Browns. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I can't even begin to get into that. So <laughs> let's talk about Tampa Bay and Green Bay. So 
this is kind of like, uh, in my eyes, this is a marquee matchup this weekend. And, you know, I've got this kind of bug up my butt about Aaron Rodgers because, one, obviously 2010 Super Bowl, you know, Richard Mendenhall, that fumble, you know, just Steelers should have won that Super Bowl. And uh, I got that, and I always just – there's some about him. I know he's a good charitable guy, which is awesome, but uh, he rubs me the wrong way. So <laughs> I'm, I'm pulling – I personally – I think Tampa Bay can beat them. Um, I think their defense last week was – they were in the right place at the right time, like the whole game. And I feel like they're just kind of in a groove, like they've caught that kind of cosmic energy, and uh, they're like on one of those – you know, championship runs because the way they had to win kind of throughout the end of the season to get in. Um, and Washington wasn't like, I mean, they won, they did well against them, obviously, but they were, they were a tough defense. So I don't know. What do you think about uh, Bucks and uh, Packers? Um, I, and it pains me to say this because I am not an Aaron Rodgers fan, obviously, um, because of my affiliation. <laughs> I don't like Aaron Rodgers at all. Right. Um, I really dislike Aaron Rodgers. Discount double check. <laughs> but it, it is scary watching him this year. This is as good as he's looked, in my opinion. Just and, and it's in ways that I don't think I've ever seen the Packers play before. Like the Rams played the Packers really tough, and they were in the game. And then what? I think he he had that that breakaway, uh, what, 60-something yard pass touchdown to Devontae Adams mm-hmm. to break it open. And I swear to God, Aaron Rodgers has been doing things like this all season where their 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 defense plays well. The other team is in the game. The Bears were, you know, the Bears, what, they got blown out 35 to, to whatever by, mm. by, the, by Green Bay. And they were in that game up until, I think, the third quarter. Yeah. And then he pulled some similar crap against the Bears. Yeah. And he just he just has this composure – and this inability to get rattled where he'll just pull him, pull some magic play out of his ass out of nowhere and, and nobody can stop it. And their defense looks good. Their running game looks great. Uh, I, I, I trust Matt LaFleur over Bruce Arians. I just really? do like the, the, the coaching, the coaching, I think it, it's a perfect fit for green Bay's system. And uh, I, I just, I, I don't, I think Green Bay can win if Tom Brady has like a classic mid two thousands Tom Brady kind of game, but like I watched the Saints game last week and and something struck me, I was like, New Orleans is playing horribly. Drew Brees can't yeah. move. The- oh my god! What do you think? Like, three I think he's done. It was, yeah, he threw three it was picks and he, and he was doing the dink and dunk thing all game. Oh which is, yeah, which is his game now. You know, this is who he is. Yeah. Um, a, a, as a quarterback and. I remember thinking to myself, I was like, New Orleans is kind of giving this game away. And it wasn't that Tom Brady and the Bucks came out there and dominated. They didn't dominate. They they they, they got away with it at the end because mm-hmm. I think New Orleans just kind of didn't show up. Yeah. And they're going to need a lot better than that to be a team like Green Bay. Oh, and, without and, question. Yeah, 
and Daryl, I know you've watched plenty of Green Bay this year. It's like that team just looks unbeatable. Well, I, I, you hit it right on the head with the, with the confidence that um, you know Aaron Rodgers is playing with. I, I, I'll take it a step further with just like, again, that's here's my profiling. You know, you got a, You got a quarterback that's always eyes downfield. Feet are always moving in, in, into sync with his offense and and his protection. It's it's one thing to have like that disassociate like that, that dissociation of quarterback to O line, and then it's another thing we have the quarterback playing with the O-line. So it's it's like almost an extension of QB play, and he is just moving in and out of those guys. Like, he knows exactly where to go, where to be, keeping eyes down the field, and just delivering straight dimes to people in windows you didn't think exist. I mean, I forget what game it was, but I mean, he's throwing passes, falling sideways. Yeah. Touchdown. <laughs> and it's like, it's like Devontae Adams and him are just like... Well, I think Devontae had a touchdown in every game this year. That's right. Yeah, but it's it's just like set, or maybe it was like one, he had one game where he missed it or something like that. Something stupid, right? He does, this, he does this thing that's so frustrating where it's like the pockets collapsing. He's oh, running around. He's he's yeah. running around and he, you know he's slow as hell too. He's he's, he's right. a dinosaur with his legs. Yeah. So you just think you're like, oh god, he's gonna get sacked, and then he'll run forward a couple steps, and then mm-hmm. you just find a window where you're like, right. how did that happen? Well, well he was I, pretty I athletic he, though yeah. when he first came in. He was running yeah. around a lot, like he was. Deceptively, and I think sometimes he still sneaks one out every now and then. Oh no, he does. But it's it's like it's it's just it's to that point that you talked about, Mark. It's it's that here's we we call it what pocket presence, right? Like he is the embodiment. It's not like um, hmm. Let me think. I'm trying to think of players where, like Tony Romo, right? Tony Romo was just like Houdini in those moments. He's spinning, not even looking at people, and he's just he's just creating that magic, like. Rogers is calculated with it. It's like, okay, I'm here uh, uh, to the side, to the left. And I mean, a window like, all right, guy here, guy here, guy here, guy here. And he's just moving in and out of a phone booth. Yeah. Dropping it 60 yards. Yeah. Come on, man. Like it's as a defensive lineman having to do that. Ugh. It's just crazy. You get disheartened. You, you know, you get like, at least I saw it from the bears. You saw, you know, Cleo Mack and Akeem Hicks and all those Oh, guys. Hicks was sick. He was sick, man. You get this close to him, and then he makes a play like that, and you physically see it, the, the body language of the other team, and that over four quarters, it's yeah. just it's just a lot to keep up with. It's detrimental, man. He doesn't make mistakes. It's like yeah. even with Drew Brees, with Tom Brady, you can count on some mistakes. You can't count on mistakes. You can count them on one hand, the yeah. amount of mistakes that real mistakes Aaron Rodgers has made this season. And uh, it's it's frustrating. It makes me hate football. Well, see, Tom Brady is Tom. Tom Brady is a different different twelve. Like so, that's that twelve is. I don't think he's got that type of pocket presence. He is like he's the one that's he's the he's he's the he's the uh, the the dissociation I'm talking about. Where it's like offensive line, if they're playing well, I'll probably have a pretty good day. But he's not the one that's going to be making those moves to keep things to keep things going. Like he he depends a lot. It's like I have my job. You guys have your job. If we all do it together, hopefully we can. You know, but right. no. Right. Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers is, is a special. Special situation. So you, think, you boys think Aaron Rodgers too much to handle this year for the Bucks? Magic is over for Brady. Yeah. Oh no. Well, a lot, a lot is riding on it. A lot of riding. Every a lot is riding with Tom Brady as far as okay, him showcasing that he can do it without Belichick. Because for years it's always been that okay. Well, as long as he's with the New England Patriots and he's under that system, like he's just, he's just going to be protected and he's going to always go to. Okay, so now he's got to prove that that goat. 
you know, that, 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 that goat uh, tag w- without him. So there's that riding and, you know, but then you got Aaron Rodgers and you got a, a defense that bends, but doesn't break. And you have an offense with him. That's just like, I, I don't, I don't know how they, how they overcome that. I just don't. There, there are two things that you can rely on me constantly every year as an NFL fan. One is I root against Aaron Rodgers, and two <laughs> is is I and the Packers. You know, not just Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, the whole thing. Bear, All the cheese bear, heads. I would buy his jersey immediately. Um, <laughs> his performance. <laughs> um, and it, and two is 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 rooting against seeing the Patriots and Tom Brady in the playoffs because yeah. I'm just that I'm a Cubs fan too. It's like, I root against the Yankees. I root against the favorites. I, that's just who I am as a sports fan. You know, I, I think there's way more intrigue if you're constantly rooting against the evil empire. And uh, that's why I have conflicted feelings about rooting for Tampa Bay in this situation. And as a fan, I think it's a cool narrative. Like you were saying, Darrell, it's like, do we get to see now who wins the Belichick Brady uh, argument, you know what I mean? Like, what was it, the chicken or the egg? Who's responsible for the magic? Like, I think we can all say from a logical perspective, it was both of them. But now we get to see Tom Brady present himself completely unmarried, completely separated mm-hmm. from uh, from uh, from Bill Belichick. So, I, I, as a sports fan, I think it'd be a cool story. As yeah. uh, as a as a, I'm not an analyst, and I don't. I've never played, and I, you know, I've never been in the sport. But I just, I don't think that there's any way uh, the Packers lose this game. So that's that's just my my stance as, uh, you, as somebody who's watched a lot of Green Bay. You did it. You said story because here's the thing, Mark, and we know this: if Tom Brady doesn't win it, then he's going to always be tethered to to Belichick. Yeah, he's going to always be tethered to him. And this is always going to be a discussion. It's you like know, a, it's a like Kobe it's Shaq a, type deal. Yeah, or or LeBron before Cleveland, uh, before Cleveland won it. You yeah. know, it's it's like LeBron needed those guys before he won it with Kyrie in Cleveland. It's gonna be one of those discussions unless I, he does it again next year. I guarantee you, he doesn't win it. Belichick is gonna be sitting in his office at home, like I told you. I'll tell you what, I will only be satisfied when LeBron wins a championship, only playing as the only member on the floor of his team. That's me. I'm not even kidding. Daryl knows. I just I got it. He just, he's, I, he just, I don't know. He's another guy. I'm just like, I'm all right. Come on. You know, <laughs> too much. I'm, I've had enough. Had enough of you and you're winning. Get out of here. But now <laughs> I was the same way about Brady, but now I find myself rooting for him. So I don't know. Go figure. It's just how it works sometimes, you know? Yeah. yeah. It just goes to show you the significance of, of laundry, like the clothes that they're wearing. It's like he's wearing, he's wearing different clothes now. It's like, ah, different okay. laundry. Yeah. 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 Not so bad in green. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, the great Jerry Seinfeld says that's really what we're rooting for, right? Is uh, laundry, uniforms. We're rooting for laundry. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's right. So, okay, we've established, you know, I think. Uh, like I said, I'm going Bucks. You boys, you boys have made your made your opinions felt on the on the Packers. I think those are very respectable stances, and I'm probably just thinking. I'm thinking Tom Brady, Bruce Arians. I'm just being a fan. So Bills, Chiefs. I'm a big time fan of Jared Allen, uh, and I love the Bills Mafia. So I'd like to see, and it would, it's tragic that the Bills Mafia has not been able to be a part of this run, you know, um, I'm definitely, I'm personally rooting for them. You know, I really want to see them make it to the Super Bowl. Um, but you know, Kansas city barely made it out of that game alive. If, uh, you know, Tyree kill doesn't make that insane catch and 
you know, Chad Henney did a good job filling in for Mahomes, but I haven't seen officially if Mahomes is in or out, so it's kind of hard to say. But uh, if he's out, I think it's definitely game over. But even if he's in, I think the Bills can, can beat him. Yeah, agreed. I mean, we came really, really close to a Browns-Bills uh, game this this coming weekend. And, man, you, you mentioned Tyreek Hill, but, like, the balls on Andy Reid – with that, with that play, like like counting the clock down, making it seem like they were just baiting them for an offsides, and then having Henny snap the ball, and then pull off that last play to get that first down to seal it. I mean, like I I can't remember gutsier play calling. I've never seen anything like that. Yeah, um, and and it was brilliant. And and that to me, that's kind of what it boils down to. Mahomes. I mean, yeah, if if Henny starts the game, you got to hand it to Buffalo. But even then, like. It's just hard. It's hard to bet against right. Andy Reid uh, yeah. in situations like that for 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 reasons that he kind of cemented uh, last week. But uh, I, I kind of pumped my fist when you mentioned the game because this is uh, to me this is this is the game I'm most excited about maybe yeah. all season because you got this unbeatable that at most of the season they looked unbeatable Kansas City team. I mean they mm-hmm. lost they lost you know a couple times this season. Two they times, had yeah. Right, yeah, they had a bad game against the, the the Raiders, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, the, just the, the things that they do on paper, and 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 Pat Mahomes in big moments, um, he always shines. He never shies away from these huge dramatic moments. Um, it's hard to put my money against them, but uh, at the same time, it's like the Bills do not really have a weakness other than Josh Allen sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes, you know, he, he's, he's not the most reliable star, but it, but I think at this point in his career, he is a star. He's proven yeah. definitely he, he yeah. can be the man. And he, in his own right, looks unbeatable sometimes. And, uh, I mean, Stephon Diggs has got to be the best new addition to any team. Oh, my has. God. And yeah, don't sleep oh on Cole God. Beasley either, man. Cole yeah. Beasley. Cole can yeah, play. But, yeah, but like talk about a wide receiver oh, core yeah. that's just perfect yeah. for Josh Allen and yeah, I mean, I, you know, what 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 are your thoughts on this one, Daryl? What, what, I, you know, I, I I just again I'm, I got to pull out that 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 profiling hat and I, you you actually you actually kind of basically came up with my answer there. It's the, the balls on Andy Reid with respect to the the the, the, the play calling and and I'll I'll say this when you. We play video games, right? You, you know what it's like if you have a if you play Madden and you're playing somebody and like you have an all Madden squad and you say hey, let's just for shits and giggles you just have a regular squad, right? It's like you have all of these. If you're the all Madden team, you have all of these weapons at your disposal and you can use them however you want to, right? You, nine times out of ten, you're going to win that game hands down. It's just it's it's just science, <laughs> right? <laughs> so I feel like Andy Reid is that type of coach with that type of mentality because he has those types of players at his disposal. Yeah, Chad Henney, cool, all right. But you know what? Ball size didn't change on that last-minute play, right? And if we're honest, all season he's been orchestrating his players just like that, whether it's Travis Kelsey, whether it's Patrick Mahomes, whether it's, I mean, it doesn't matter who it is. He has huge gonads when it comes to the play calling. And I mean, he makes the right decisions nine times out of 10 times. I mean, nine, nine times out of 10. So, I mean, I, I give it to all the weapons that Kansas City has, including Mahomes, but that's an Andy Reid thing through and through. Buffalo, I love the defense. Again, Josh Allen is kind of like the, the, the deciding factor there. If, if he shows up, 
Yeah, have a great day. If he doesn't, and you know, he, then it's going to be a, a situation. I, I'll, I'll, that's all I can say. So, there, there were a lot of games this year where I thought the Bills were in trouble because of Josh Allen. Oh yeah, made the, the first couple of years I've watched him, it's it's kind of been that discussion. It's like yeah. he'll show up and he'll have a very you know, inconsistent. He'll have a miser- yeah, he'll throw for 170 yards, but the Bills win anyways because their defense. Absolutely. Yeah, or because they're running game, but that's that's old Bills. That's old. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's old Josh Allen. But now you have that defense, and you have Josh Allen stepping up. But uh, I, I I kind of agree with what you're saying. It's 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 Josh Allen. If it's Josh Allen showing up and playing like he's played in big moments this season, I think mm-hmm. it's going to be an exciting nail biting oh, yeah. game down to the wire. But uh, it's just I can't I can't put my money against a healthy Patrick Mahomes. Well, the the interesting thing is going to be though, Kansas City hasn't scored this as much this year as they did last year. Like even though no. Mahomes put up good numbers, they only went over thirty points I think two times, and the Bills can put up like sixty points, you know. Any any time it seems like so, it might be a pretty uh, wild game. But even if Chad Henney's playing, I mean, Andy Reid's still going to throw the ball ninety nine percent of the time. Well, that's the thing. Like, so Chad Henney plays. That's when you're really going to start seeing. Like, here's the thing. So that's when you're going to see some crazy like, shit. You're, you're going to see some really crazy shit because that's that's when like the the or, like the circus is coming to town. Because then he's going to like break that thing wide open. Like, okay, but all right. Let me let me just put it to you like this. So. It's, it's I, I can't I can't use the Aaron Donald thing. All right, let's let's who else can I use? Who can I use? Um, I'm just gonna have to go the go like so. If you have an NFL player right, he has an awesome awesome fucking year, right? Just 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 anybody. Like let's let's just say uh, Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack when he first came into the league, like his first year, torched everybody, right? Just fucking just around underneath through didn't matter. Okay, um, then what do teams do? Like they game plan. All right. And so the next year, yeah, it's still Khalil Mack. He probably had like, you know, I, I can't, I can't, I don't know what the stats were, but I know his second year wasn't as good as his first year. Right. The reason being is because people, people game plan for it. Right. So Chad Henney comes in at the end of this game. We've had Patrick Mahill, P- Patrick Mahomes, like craziness all season. He goes down. And then the first thing that you do is just like, okay, we only got a couple more minutes left. We gotta, we gotta make it through this. Right now, Andy Reid is game planning for if Patrick Mahomes can't make it and he's going to be game planning shit that nobody's seen all year. Think about that. Just think about that, because if you if like if you, you can game plan from homes all day long, right? You've got tape, you got a body of work. Every, every year you get the tape from the previous game. You're looking at back, okay, my homes doing this. Now they're consistent, and they're the nine times out of ten they win because. But but still, you have that tape to to fall back on. You don't have too much for 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 Henny to look at and say, okay, like how are they going to? And it's the playoffs too, so they can bring out anything. They can bring out absolutely anything. So if Patrick Mahomes doesn't play, you still have to go into this game thinking, okay, it's Chad Henney, but it's really Andy Reid, and there's all these weapons, and we don't know what we're going to be coming into if he gets under center or he's back in the shotgun. Like, I'd be scared of, sh- scared of shit if Patrick Mahomes can't play because then you don't know what's going to happen. You really don't. That's a, that, that's, a, that's a good point. That's a good point. And some, some of the play calling from Andy Reid has been so – yeah, big bald, you know, mm-hmm. and and it kind of like, it kind of gives me this impression that okay, you got the monkey off his back, won the Super Bowl. Yep. And there's got to be a collective confidence, even with the players too. It's like mm. they they they, oh, yeah. they remember last year they they won that big one, and they've got this like winner's swag now, you know, this this winner's swagger, uh, and they they 
they got the the first one out of the way. And I got to think the same is true with Andy Reid. Mm-hmm. It's like he's he's not calling plays to not lose. He's calling plays to be clever and to win and to outsmart the other team. And that's what that final drive came down to against Cleveland. Oh, I yeah. I thought Cleveland was going to get the ball back, and I thought Baker Mayfield was going to oh, lead yeah. into a touchdown and yeah. win that game. Like, that's, yeah. I was convinced. And then Andy Reid pulled his cojones out and slammed him on the table. Yeah. Uh, and and that's the kind of thing where it's like I, I hadn't even thought about that. I, I actually just said earlier in this conversation that if Chan Henney starts the game, you got to give it to Buffalo. But uh, I think there's something to be said for that, for, for what you're saying, Daryl, is that you, you can't you can't scheme for somebody like Andy Reid, you know, at, at, at the helm over there. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So assuming, you know, I don't want to make too many bold predictions here, but assuming, say, we're looking at a Chiefs-Packers Super Bowl, because I think that's kind of the way the general consensus here. What, what are your, where, where do you see this ending, Mark? Who's on top at the end? Uh, That's again, tough. yeah, two scores out here. One would just be, you know, beat the Packers. Um, but I, I still, I, I still got to give the edge. Ooh, Chiefs and Packers. I still got to give the edge to to Kansas City, the the the, the proven coach, the proven. I mean, it's it's hard to say that like Mahomes is any more proven than Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers has already got his ring. Uh, but again, I just I can't put my money against this this Kansas City Chiefs team, man. And you got to know that Patrick Mahomes, unless something is more seriously wrong with him than a concussion, that he will be healthy by the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, you know, two weeks after this coming Sunday. So so yeah, if it were a Chiefs Packers Super Bowl, I would probably have to give the edge to the Chiefs still for all the reasons that we just mentioned. Absolutely. Body of work, Andy Reid, been there, done that. He's proven they've got a wing. They have that swag like you were talking about, Mark. And it's just like, yeah, I can't can't go against the Chiefs in that situation. You know what I mean? And if they have Patrick Mahomes, too, it's just like, all right, well, he's already thinking what Andy's thinking, and Andy's thinking what he's thinking, and they're putting that stuff together, and it's like, okay. There's, there's There's one caveat, though. The Chiefs have had games this year where it's it seems like they can't put up numbers. You know, like they've, yeah. they've had a lot more like like 22 to 14 wins. Yes. Yeah. Than, yeah. Yeah. In previous yeah. years. And that kind of thing does worry me because it's like, is that indicative of something deeper? Or are they just kind of doing what the Golden State Warriors did when they won 72 games and lost to Cleveland? And then they came out and had a more mediocre regular season, but then throttled everyone in the playoffs the following year. Um, so that, that 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 is kind of sitting in my mind is like are, are, are they move. the home run like constantly reliable offense that they were last year, or are they just kind of kind of pacing themselves in a way that like a lot of NBA teams do in the regular season and the beginning of the playoffs? It remains to be seen. I, I look at it kind of like like twofold. One kind of like how I was talking about like that whole body of work, right? So they go ahead, they go and win this whole thing last year, right? And they're coming back to it knowing that they have the bullseye on their back every game. So you're going to get teams best, right? And now we have a whole body of work to see how you utilize your players, coaches, OCs, defensive coordinators, the whole nine. And so you got to think, 
every game they've seen the the cast of characters that work already for a whole year just bombing on us, right? So you're going to go in constantly thinking, okay, here's this body of work. Let's implement a strategy that's going to beat them based upon that. It'll give us a fighting chance, right? And a couple times this, this season, they came up short. But wholesale, it hasn't been those dominating, like just totally thrashing games. But I, I like to attribute that to just that body work, body of work that they have out there and that, you know, teams are just taking notice and they're trying to, you know, make it make it a little bit tougher on them. So. Right. People, people know, or people, people know that if you, if you do your best to contain Patrick Mahomes, you have a better chance at beating this chiefs team. Yeah. They scheme for him. Now they know who they're facing. He's no longer this, this kid from Texas tech who, who, who you know, he's a wild card. He's going to be inaccurate sometimes. No, they know who Patrick Mahomes is. Yeah. I, 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 Dude, it's like, if you're going to have a trip slot and you're going to have, if, if you're going to have a trip set and you got uh, Travis Kelsey in the slot, you know what I'm saying? If there's a running back, if there's a Tyreek Hill or somebody to the outside of him, they're going to number three, you're going to want to have to have, you're going to want to have some underneath defenders there so you can stop that scene ball. This is just out. If you don't guess what he either, he either might catch it for 20 or 30, or he might catch it on his way to the end zone. It's just like, is that's, that's what it is. So, right. you know, and some teams, some teams just don't get it. Some teams are just, they're just going to fall on the sword and die by whatever it is that they believe. And you know what? They're just, I don't care what it is. We're just going to run our defense and okay, well, he's going to hit his head on the goal, goal post. So <laughs> it, it, it will be cool no matter what, even if it's a chiefs Packers Super Bowl, even if it's a bills, Tampa Bay Super Bowl, it will be cool and refreshing just as a football fan, as someone who has no horse in the race to see a Super Bowl that's not Patriots, Rams, freaking 10. Oh, yeah. Times. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, yeah. I don't I don't want to see no, you know, three field goals kicked and that accounts for the offense of a Super Bowl. Like, <laughs> I want to see a shootout. Yeah. And I think we're going to get that no matter yeah. how these games coming up this weekend yeah. play out. Absolutely. I want a basketball score. I want like, oh, did, can we get three digits? Yeah. Oh, my we'll God. see it. I'm, I guarantee you, boys, we'll see 100 points before before Mahomes' career is over. I'll tell you what, man. Mark, this has been an absolute pleasure to connect. This feels just like a couple of boys hanging out, talking about the yeah, football dude. games coming up. And, uh, you know, we hope the every man and the every woman uh, listening to this and watching this on YouTube is enjoying it. Um, if you haven't yet, check out Haunted Shores, one of my favorite music projects, bands, groups, whatever you want to call it, uh, however you want to classify because everybody knows you from Periphery. But I'm saying if you're going to listen to anything Mark Holcomb does this week, Check out some Haunted Shores. Mark, thank you, my brother. Thank you. I can't wait to see how this all turns out. I know we're all, we'll, be, uh, we'll be all tuned in. So enjoy the games this weekend, and everybody uh, be safe. Make good decisions. Take care, guys.